All right, what's happening? What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. Appreciate you joining us. And uh, we're a little backed up this week. I've had so much schoolwork just pile up. It's been impossible to get some of these pods done. So we're going to get caught up today. Uh, kind of some broad topics to go over. Today, we're going to talk about why sports betting is hard to win, right? Pretty, pretty general broad topic that everyone seems to care about because it's weird. We all know sports well. A lot of us know sports very well. A lot of us think we're pretty decent at this whole thing. Why is sports betting something that almost everyone loses at? You look at the data, you look at the numbers, 99% of people are winning or are losing at sports betting. You think it may be different. Like you think like maybe 20% have been uh, winning, right? Or like 10, 15%. It's not that. It is almost everyone who's betting. And this is long-term. I'm not saying if you signed up, like let's say you're in one of these states where it just became legal in the last like month or so, and you just created an account. That's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about long-term, having some data, having a season or two to look at, right? So most people over the course of say a year are going to be below $0, right? They're going to be a little bit negative, whether it's 10 bucks negative or 5,000 bucks negative, almost everyone who sports bets loses, okay? So there's a reason why this happens. Now, the first reason we talked about before is pretty simple, and that's the idea of people, the, the, the public being comfortable placing bad bets, right? Not all bets are created equal. And if you find yourself making parlays for such on scores, essentially making bets to bet a little to win a lot, you're contributing to bad bets being placed. And what do we mean by bad bets? What I mean is you intrinsically, mathematically have a worse chance of winning those bets than you do other bets, right? And it all has to do with the tax, aka the VIG, the house charges. We're all used to paying minus 110. That seems fair. That's fine, right? You bet 11 to win 10. You bet 110 to win 100. Whatever. We're used to that. But the moment you start betting 200 to win 100 for things that should be minus 110, that's what we're talking about, right? And so it's just sports books overcharging for things like first touchdown score. So you could make a bet on the Super Bowl, right? And whether you're taking Kansas City or the 49ers, if you take the spread, just the spread, doesn't matter what team you take, you have a much better chance, about a 5 to 10% better chance of winning that bet. Doesn't matter who you take compared to taking a first touchdown score. And that's all based on the pricing and the taxes, right? So that's the first thing. Sports betting is tough to win out for the average better out there because they're simply not making winning bets from the get-go. So that's why I said everyone who comes up to me and says, hey, Tyler, what can I do immediately to start winning more money? My answer to everyone is stop making parlays, start making singles. That's it. It's very simple. That's the very first thing everyone could do. So the first answer as to why everyone, why 99% of people lose betting sports is because they're making bad bets. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing, and actually maybe more important, is the market in general. And this is kind of the topic I wanted to land on today because I think there's a common sentiment and a common opinion out there that goes like this. The sports betting market can't be that efficient because it's just people's opinions, right? And so... I think that it's a general lack of respect for the sports betting market that people actually end up losing money in the long run. Okay, it's not, it is the bad bets, and that is a big deal. But I think actually people don't understand how really truly efficient the sports betting market is. The sports betting market as a whole has gotten so hyper efficient the last five, 10 years that I believe we should look at it similar to, not equal to, but similar to the stock market. Okay. 
There's so much information, and information is the name of the game. Once information's out there, whether you're talking about a company or a team, right? Betting on the stock market on a company or betting on a team in, in the NFL, once all the information's out there, all that comes down to is pricing the information accurately. You see, in the 70s and 80s, where there was a lot of leeway to win in sports betting, it's because there was information that took a long time to make its way to the sports books. Now, nowadays, you know, there's so much competition within the beat writer industry that a lot of these individuals are tweeting things immediately and it's available to the whole world. Insider information is so rare these days for that very reason. I'm not saying it never happens, but it's so much more rare. So most of us have all the same information. It just comes down to pricing that information. And that's where people get things wrong because the market is very, very efficient in pricing all of these quote unquote unknowns, right? I think that the average person out there, the, the public better, looks at this thing and says, how the fuck can they know? Like, this is not known. The game's going to take place tomorrow. What, what do they know the Broncos are going to win by this or the Raiders are going to win by this or how well, oh, they know the price should be this, right? But, it, but it's that lack of respect for the sports betting market that disables people in general from winning. And this shouldn't come as a surprise. It does to a lot of people, but it shouldn't come as a surprise that there's people out there who can and do indeed accurately predict what may happen in the future. And this isn't science fiction. This is not made up. This is a real thing. And it's a lot easier. It's not easy, but a lot easier than a lot of you may think, right? Let's put it this way. Have you ever heard of an actuary? Have you ever heard of a meteorologist? These individuals are doing the same thing sports bettors are doing just in a different job. You know, I know actually several actuaries who used to work for fill-in-the-blank insurance company, and now they're betting sports because it's the same thing, and they can make more money betting sports with their skills as an actuary, okay, an actuarial uh, individ- uh, uh, professional, okay? So actuaries, for those who don't know, actuaries are, the, are people who price insurance prices. And every single year, They've got to, actuaries have to decide what are insurance rates going to be this year. You know, and every year there's a new crop of 16-year-olds who've never, ever driven before. Well, we don't know anything about the 16-year-olds. It's a whole brand new set of 16-year-olds getting their life. I know some states it's like 18 in the country, right? In Colorado, it's 16. My point is, stick with me, okay? There's a whole crop of new young drivers in the country every year that we have no data on. Literally every single individual this year who just got their license, who will be driving, who's 16 or however old you have to be in your state, there's no data on these individuals. So how in the world are insurance companies ever supposed to come up with accurate prices for what these insurance rates may be? If insurance prices happen to quote things slightly too low, let's say one and a half percent too low across the board, insurance companies would lose millions and millions of dollars, potentially billions, seriously, with just a one and a half percent mispricing okay they have to make sure at insurance companies they're pricing accurately insurance rates for new drivers on the road that way they make money as an insurance company and everyone out there can be insured my point here is what they're doing is predicting the future there's no data on these new drivers they're taking past events historical data combining that with current trends to predict what these drivers will do in the future So essentially, actuaries are trying to predict the future. Okay, this happens all the time. Meteorologists, 
Now, although meteorologists can be wrong sometimes, they may say it's going to be sunny and it rains. They may say it's going to be snowy and it doesn't snow. But a lot of the time, most of the time, meteorologists are right. Now, how are they doing what they do? They, they, they can't predict the future. They have no idea what the hell's going to happen. So what do they do? They take current trends, current data, combine it with historical data, and roll that into a prediction as good as they can do for what the weather will be the next one to seven days, whatever, right? They don't know. They can't predict the future. They're taking data and trying to do the best they can do to predict what will happen. Folks, this is exactly what those who bet in the star, into the sports betting market do. We're all predicting unknowns with given information, current trends, and historical data. It's the, it's the same thing. So you got to get rid of this idea of, yeah, what does it matter? It's just a bunch of people's opinions. It doesn't matter that much. The, the, the second you start respecting the sports betting market more is the moment you'll start winning more. Okay, so I think the most important thing you can do, right? Aside from making singles, stopping making the bad bets and you know the the parlays, the first touchdown scores, things like that. Okay, the the other most important thing you can do is just to simply get rid of the idea that the sports betting market is not that efficient. It all comes. This all comes back to the market is more efficient pricing things than you are eyeballing things or using your opinion to bet on games. Okay, and this is the crux. This is why ninety nine percent of people can't win because at the end of the day. That Lakers minus three is so efficient that if you have an opinion on that game, you've got to be right at least 55% of the time. So if you say, this is horrible, Lakers minus three, Lakers should be minus four or five. This is a bad price. I'm taking the Lakers. Or if you say, Lakers minus three, this is ridiculous. They should be underdogs. I'm betting against Lakers, whatever it is, right? You're essentially saying that you know more than everyone who's betting in the sports betting market so far up to that point. And not only do you know more, you're going to be right at least 55% of the time. That's why people can't win. It's because the lack of respect for the sports betting market thinking, oh, it's a horrible team. We got a good thing here, right? So this all comes back to the sports betting market being more efficient than we all are. It's very simple, okay? And let me end today's podcast with this. I don't bet with my opinions. People think oh, wow, Tyler, he's a pro better. That must mean he knows sports very well and he's really dialed in on the NHL and he really... No, it doesn't. No, not one... Not 1% of that is true, right? I don't bet with my opinion. Otherwise, my results would be far too average. Let me tell you something. Like I said to everyone out there, the most important thing you can all do is to respect the market. Okay, the moment you start respecting the market more is the moment you'll start winning more. I'm no exception to that. The same exact thing happened to me. The day I became a winning sports better was the day I decided to stop betting with my opinions and start trusting the math and my algorithmic approach. Okay, if I just bet with my opinions, I would do no better than all of my friends who I give crap for making bad bets. <laughs> you know, I am not like some Sven Jolly who can sit here and go, hmm. Oh, yes, it is the Raiders plus six or whatever. That's not what happens. I get myself out of the equation because I know the moment I start using my sports lens is the moment I fall into the same trap everyone else falls into, the 99% who can't win. So it's, it's been years and years and years since I've sat down and said, what do I think about this game? Let's bet with that. I don't do that anymore. I'm math-based. 
I'm analytic based. I'm, and I think I've talked about this before. I think my personality has has evolved into. I'm I'm pretty good at finding factors and, and getting rid of the bias. Right, this all lends to making better predictions. Because let's face it, human beings are biased. There's not one of us out there who's not biased. I I think it's so funny when you see when you talk to someone who goes, "Oh, I'm not biased. I'm not biased." Like you're a human being. Yes, you are. It's part of who we are. Being biased is something none of us can get rid of. So with that, you, you can't high handicap a game. You're, look, the the the. Let's use the AFC Championship, Ravens, uh, Chiefs. I'm a football fan. I like the NFL. I have opinions on Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and and Andy Reid. I've got opinions on these players. So when I sit down and try and handicap, it's only inevitable that I'll go, boy, Lamar's look great this year. Boy, Mahomes, how can you? You see what I'm saying? That shouldn't be a part of the handicap, at least in my opinion, to win. You've got to get rid of that stuff and start... (laughs) Again, my opinion, start looking more at math and things like that because, you know, our opinions are are generally not going to be enough to beat the hyper-efficient sports betting market. So, all right, that is it for today's show. Appreciate everyone listening, and uh, let's keep things going. Going to crank out a few more shows today. We'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Betting Daily.